Welcome to Powerless to Powerful. This is the number one positive side of addiction podcast. My name is Mark Mascola. I'm glad to be here and grateful you are here as well. Powerless to Powerful is a book, a podcast, live and recorded workshops that we created for men and for the women who love those men. Our purpose is to help raise the percentages of people who realize the rewards of long-term recovery from addiction. Anyone can tell you how to get clean and sober. The game is to remain clean and sober. How do we do it? Unlike so many recovery messages that focus on what's wrong with you, we use the psychology of empowerment to discover and awaken what is right with you, your strengths, your values, understanding your true identity. Are you ready to find a purpose for your recovery and a purpose for your life because of your recovery? You see, I'm willing to say the one thing people in recovery want to say but won't. It's not in my nature to be powerless, and I can promise it's not in yours either. Let's go from powerless to powerful. Buckle up. Here we go. All right, here we go. Welcome. This is Mark Mascola again. I want to welcome you to Powerless to Powerful. This is the number one positive side of addiction podcast. And it is, what is today? Wednesday, January 31st. We have almost made it through the month of January. Um, For you New Year's resolution folks, where are you? You know, was one of your resolutions to trade being powerless over your addiction for it being powerless over you was your resolution around you know that would be a physical health resolution um of course i guess it would be a mental health resolution and a spiritual health resolution as well right Uh, committed to your relationships you know is is that your resolution what about your finances i mean all of that stuff matters um but you know, I, I said to my dad one time, you know, he's he's been, he went to spend eternity with God back in 2018, but I can remember saying something to him one time. Uh, I said, you know, Pop, every time I turn around, it seems like it's Christmas again. And he said, just wait till you turn 70. So, you know, today I, I want to, I guess, throw something out that I hope, um, you will uh, understand that addiction was struggle enough and life truly is too short to struggle with your recovery. You know, don't, don't stand on, don't stand on, on the, the side of addiction, you know, step into the circle of recovery. I can remember hearing a guy years ago in, in my aftercare group, it's been lowered over 20 years ago. Um, he was, he, we were listening to a guy, you know, who just, you know, couldn't stay clean and sober. And the bottom line is, it's not that he couldn't, he wouldn't. And I guess if there's any lesson you take away from today's session, that would be it, right? When I talk about the odds being stacked against you, I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. But I, I can remember this, this guy who was an old timer at the time, um, you know, he'd been, I'd been sober a couple of years in this aftercare group when I heard him say this, but you know he'd been clean and sober 15, 20 years before me. <clears throat> but I remember him saying to a guy, you know, every week I watch you walk out 
to the end of the diving board and then you walk back. You walk back to safety. You walk out to the end of the diving board and then you walk back. You walk back to safety. You walk out to the end of the diving board. Why don't you jump in the pool? The water's pretty nice. You know, there are people, and for me, there are men who have ma- who have made an impact because of little things like that that I've remembered them saying. You know, I can remember one of the very first meetings that I went to. Uh, a, a friend of mine, a guy who has been, you know, a 20-plus year friend of mine now, I can remember him saying, you know, make a commitment to this thing because if you're anything like me, You've made commitments over the years that you've never stuck with. Make a commitment and stay with this. You know, when when I talk about, you know, the five pillars that every person in recovery should build their life on, I talk about the persistence pillar, right? Being being willing to, to, to stick with this thing, regardless of how challenging it can be. Because, you know, when you get right down to it, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and when you get right down to it, the task itself doesn't become any easier. You just become better at it. I mean, if I'm going to walk out here and, and pick in, in, in my exercise today and pick up a 40-pound dumbbell and do bench presses or curls or, or something, I'm just I'm using that as, as an example, uh, and, and I do that consistently, right? I make it a habit. I make it a disciplined approach to my physical wellness um the weight doesn't get any lighter right i just become stronger i get better at the task and that's what happens in recovery when i talk about the odds being stacked against you let's let's look at let's look at some percentages here now these percentages i i can say if you have a conversation with anybody like me that's been in successful long-term recovery uh, for over a couple of decades, you, they'll probably tell you that these percentages are right on. So if you look at 100 people who get into recovery, about 25% of them will persist for a month. Right? The other 75%, sometime in that 30 days, whether it be in the first hour, the first day, the first week, about 25% will persist for the first month. Out of that 25%, about 25% of them will persist for six months. And let's go ahead and keep drilling it down. 25% of that 25% will stick around for one to five years. And then 25% of that group will make it to long-term recovery. And I call long-term 10 years plus. You know, if you drill that down, that percentage is less than a half a percent. Now, listen, I'm I'm talking about people who are successful at long-term recovery, not those who wear the badge of, well, I've been around the program for 20 years. Okay, how much time do you have in both quality and quantity? You see, the entire game is boiled down to relapse prevention, learning to live successfully on the positive side of addiction. 
not just white knuckling holding on, which, you know, we all do that early on, but this is about taking ownership of results and find a system or create a system of your own to help you be successful. Right? When they told me early in recovery, you know, when I went to AA meetings and NA meetings and, and the other things that I got involved in, you know, one of the messages that I heard was take what you can use and leave the rest. Now, I'm going to tell you, lots of people in those 12-step meetings don't believe that saying. You know, there are lots of people at a 12-step, at an AA meeting that will tell you, if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail. Well, that's not true. Lots of people in an NA meeting say, if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail. Well, that's not true. I didn't do it exactly how they told me to do it. But here I sit a couple of decades plus successful because I took what I could use to build a foundation and build a life of success in my recovery and use my recovery to be successful in my life because of my recovery. You know, Ashley gave me a book, God, I don't know how long ago, uh, that the 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 ex, you know, the 49ers have made it to the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, one of their ex-coaches, Bill Walsh, I th- he's dead now, but he wrote a book and actually gave me this book years ago. And, and the, 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 the information in that book is so relevant to not just success in recovery, but success in life. The title of the book was The Score Takes Care of Itself. I posted something the other day um, in in an online recovery group that that, that said, and here again, I'm going to get back to the, the whole conversation of the odds stacked against you, but I, I want to throw something out for you here. I posted something the other day. If you ask anybody, and ask me, you know, I've been, ask Ashley, ask anybody who has been clean and sober consistently, for over 20 years. Again, this is not the, the the claim to fame, the badge of been around the program for 20 years, but I haven't put together a successful five years yet. You know, being successful at year number one, doing it 20 times doesn't mean 20 years successful. When I talk about the score taking care of itself, I'm talking about 20 years of successful recovery means physically abstinent for 20 straight years. Not doing the first 30 days or the first six months over and over and over. You can be a, a, a first step expert and fail miserably at your life in recovery. But when you look at people who successfully abstinent for 20 years plus, you're going to find a central theme. And I'm going to roll through these. I'm going to give you 12 of them. And there's probably a lot. I could make this list. There could probably be 50 of them. But these things are consistent in my life, Ashley's life. And, and again, anybody who um, has put together, who's been successful in, in uh, long-term recovery. So number one. They were willing to make a decision. You know, if you stick around and, and make this podcast 
one of your positive addictions. You'll hear me harp on the word, two words, willingness and the word decision. Decision means to cut off all other options. People who have been around for 20 plus years understand that not making a decision about their recovery means they're making one about their addiction. They were, number one, they were willing to make a decision. They were willing to do what most people want to have what most people don't. Number two, they went to meetings. Lots of them, whether they felt like it or not, whether it was convenient or not. They got a sponsor, a mentor, or a coach. Again, whether they felt like it or not, whether it con- it was convenient or not. The majority, and, and I'm going to say, if you put 10, if you put 20 people who are 20 years clean and sober in a room, I would bet there's only one of them that would tell you that they didn't work the steps, all 12 of them. And probably multiple times. Again, whether they felt like it or not, whether it was convenient or not. Number five, they understand they can't give away what they don't have. Right? Hopefully you listen to this podcast. You you make this one of your positive addictions um, because... I've made a commitment to my recovery. I've made a commitment to my personal, professional, and spiritual growth, and I've done what it takes. And let's let me unapologetically say this. And I I have over the years humbly said this. I've spent the time, energy, money, resources to become an expert at what I do. I can't give away what I don't have, so I got to pay the price to have it. Recovery works that way. Life works that way. Relationships work that way. Finances work that way. You wouldn't take financial advice from a guy who's broke all the time, who's begging cigarettes and and, and enough change to get a cup of coffee. You wouldn't take financial advice from that guy. Yet you'll take financial, you'll take recovery advice from somebody who hasn't put together enough time at what it takes to be successful. I remember Ashley saying to somebody one time, if I wanted to listen to you, if I paid attention to you, I'd be an expert at relapse. I, I, one of the sayings I've said over the years with, with men who have come to me that wanted help, they said, oh man, I've been around the program for 10 years. And, and when I ask, how many years have you been clean and sober? Well, I've never, I've never stuck with it more than a year. I always tell them, the best thing that you can do for yourself is forget everything that you think you know about recovery. Because obviously what you're doing isn't working. Number six in this list, they understand that their greatest service is their example, right? Be an example of somebody that recovery works for not an example of somebody that it doesn't work for. And again, I'm going to explain here in a second why the title of this is called The Odds Are Stacked Against You. Number seven, 
they in some way answered the core question, and I did a, a, a session on this back in December. You can go back and find it in the list here, um, answering the core question. The core question that, that men, women, anybody who's 20 years plus in, in recovery, the core question that they answered, do I have what it takes? And the answer to that, to number seven, is number eight that I'm going to give you. They answered yes, because they believed in themselves regardless of what others are doing. When my counselor asked me when I was in treatment in 1999, are you willing to do what it takes? Whatever it takes for as long as it takes. When I said yes, what does that mean? That means divorce, bankruptcy, cancer. I mean, let me fill in the, the list of things that I, I've been through. Death of loved ones, death of pets. Number nine in this list is, in some shape, form, or fashion, they understand that their not just their life and recovery, but their their spiritual connection and life's purpose. When I talk about the eight key areas, everybody's got a master. Number eight is spiritual connection and life's purpose. All of our life and lives in some shape, form, or fashion, our purpose in life is about service to others, being an example of God working for, with, in, and finally through us. <clears throat> Number 10 on the list, they have continued on their own commitment to their personal, professional, and spiritual growth. Number 11, they discovered a one-to-one relationship with a God that is beyond their understanding. You know, one of the, one of the sayings that is repeated over and over and over and over in, in recovery is the God of my understanding. I'm going to challenge that a little bit. And help you realize that the whole game is to turn your will and your life over to a God that is beyond your understanding. Because if you could understand God, you would be God. If I could understand God, I would be God. The God I turn my life over is to is the God that is beyond my understanding. The master puzzle builder, and I realize I'm just a piece of, of the puzzle. But I do also understand that I make a commitment to again allow God to work for, within, and finally through me. Number 12, and I, when I set out and made this list, you know, when you talk about the 12 steps, I didn't purposefully, <laughs> I didn't purposefully create 12. It just kind of worked out that way. So, number 12 on the list of the things, the, the, the consistencies, that you'll find for people uh, in long-term recovery from addiction. They persisted in their original decision to cut off all other options. The game change changes, but the decision can't. Again, you heard me say it just a few minutes ago. The key is willingness. A willingness to do, when you when I talk about the odds being stacked against you, choose to be a one percenter. Right? That's your choice. It doesn't matter what other people do. It just matters what you do. 
when I talk about the odds are stacked against you, let, take a deep breath and listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. The truth is the odds are stacked against you. Not that you can't, that you won't. Let that sink in. The truth is that the odds are stacked against you, not that you can't, that you won't. You see, success in recovery is a journey of acquiring disciplined for the undisciplined. Doing things that you don't want to do. Why? Because when you do those things, the score takes care of itself. Again, recovery doesn't get any easier. You get better at it. Do the things you don't want to do because the score takes care of itself. Do the things that are uncomfortable because the score takes care of itself. Be, be somebody that beats the odds. So, that's the end of today's session. Um, let me throw out something here really quickly. Uh, we, we created, um, if you go to PowerlessToPowerful.com right now, we are launching um, the Positive Side of Addiction newsletter. This is a total freebie. Uh, we will be sharing weekly tips um, with those people who subscribe to the newsletter uh, that are, you know, podcasts, videos, documents you can download, just ideas that, again, uh, addictions struggle enough. We want to help people, you know, when, when Ashley and I talk about, you know, our, our commitment here, our purpose here is to help raise the percentages of people who beat the odds, right? People who reap the rewards of long-term recovery from addiction. Go to PowerlessToPowerful.com. We're going to give you a really cool gift when you join the newsletter, um, we wrote a book, The Three Distinct Phases of Recovery, and we're going to give you a free digital version, the audio version of that book. You listen to it just like you do this podcast. Uh, just fill in your email address or where you want the newsletter sent, and uh, you will be given instant access to The Three Distinct Phases of Recovery audiobook. And again, you just click on it, listen to it like uh, like you would a, a, a long version podcast. It's actually uh, it's actually some videos too, but the videos, there's not a whole lot to them. But again, it's mobile friendly stuff. You can listen to it on your phone. You listen to it in traffic. Um, but that is the end of today's session. The odds are stacked against you. Again, the thing I want you to realize, that the odds are only stacked against you that you can't Please do. The truth is the odds are stacked against you, not that you can't, that you won't. So go out and be the best, most powerful version of yourself. Go from powerless to powerful. We all can. That's the end of today's session. Have a great uh, day wherever you are in the world. You absolutely deserve it. Again, go sign up for the newsletter. Awesome stuff. Powerless to powerful.com. See ya. <laughs>